This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, yes, it's almost four months now mm. into the war, um, and um, it doesn't seem like uh, there's any end to it anytime soon. But just away from the war zone for a moment, um, it was very, very interesting to see the scenes yesterday when the Argentinian president, Javier Milei, arrived in Israel. And um, he was only elected um, sometime at the beginning of December to be the president of Argentina. And he's already arrived in Israel for a visit. Um, he is very pro-Israeli, as his visit may suggest. And um, he immediately announced upon his arrival that he will be moving the Argentinian embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So this back to a subject that we discussed at length um, in the days before mm. the war, something that was really uh, important, and um, he, he announced that immediately upon his arrival. Um, and then there were some amazing scenes of him at the Kotel yesterday, literally crying his eyes out. Yeah, he was just so emotional um, when he um, came to the Kotel. It just seemed like a whole emotional, spiritual experience, which... Um, for us, it's a little bit strange to see from somebody who's not Jewish. Um, and nonetheless, he, he, he just felt this real outpouring of emotion. So um, it was an interesting uh, thing to watch yesterday. And of course, um, he brings with him um, a lot of support from Argentina, even though I wouldn't suggest that the support is unanimous from the Argentinians. But certainly he, as the president uh, recently elected, um, is extremely pro-Israeli pro and we always welcome leaders like that. Um, another interesting thing away from the war zone is the fact that um, Minister Without Portfolio Benny Gantz has decided to move his place of residence to Yad Mordechai, which is around the Gaza envelope area. And that has wow. been made publicly known. Um, and it's not exactly clear what drove him to make that change, whether this was something that he wanted to do anyway, or whether this is something of a publicity stunt, given the fact that we will be having elections coming up in the not too mm. distant future. They're not slated for right now, but um, I'm guessing that um, once this uh, conflict is over, whenever that may will be, um, there will certainly be recriminations and there may well be an election on the horizon. And I'm just wondering if Benny Gantz is not trying to prepare the groundwork for the next election and making this move during the wartime to show his um, support and uh, to, to, to show that he's putting his fate in with those people who've really suffered around the Gaza border area. Um, he's going to be moving apparently to Yad Mordechai. 
very interesting and it is quite a significant move it's it really does say a lot let's talk about some of the developments the hostage deal seems to be slipping further away unless i'm reading it incorrectly well um the way in which hamas's response to the hostage proposal came is very very interesting um the headline says that Hamas has given an optimistic response to the hostage proposal. And in fact, um, when you read into the details, um, it feels much less optimistic um, because um, one of the requirements that Hamas has laid down for any hostage deal is that the conflict will end completely and that Israel will withdraw its troops from Gaza effectively calling an end to this conflict. Now, um, the Israeli government, with the full support of the Israeli public and with the full support of the IDF, is currently not willing to give up on continuing the work that the IDF has been doing in Gaza and is not willing to call the conflict completely ended quite yet. Um, And so that seems to be um, a point which we will not be able to overcome too easily. And it seems to be um, a victory within Hamas for the Qatar wing of the Hamas disagreement, because we understand that the delegation in Gaza would be willing to um, go with a temporary ceasefire and exchange hostages. But the Qatar wing, and particularly um, uh, the uh, the leader of, of Hamas, who is based in Qatar, um, he is, uh, that's Ismail Haniyeh, of course, he mm. is um, saying quite strongly that he wants to see an end, a proper full stop end to the conflict before he's willing to enter into any um, kind of hostage uh, arrangement, hostage exchange. And that is the message which has come out from Hamas. Interestingly, President Joe Biden called it a little over the top. Now, I'm not quite sure what he meant by a little over the top and whether he considered that that particular demand to be extreme and a non-starter. So therefore, um, that was his way of saying this is not quite as optimistic as has been labeled. Um, But he did say that um, negotiations continue and that um, there will be um, some further discussions Mm. and to try at least to put some sort of a positive spin to it. Um, what's interesting as well, which is which Israel has released information about. Well, not I mean Israel has released information about, but actually the main information that we are looking at has come from the New York Times, is about the state of the hostages. Now, bearing in mind that Israel is saying, look, we are going to enter into some sort of a ceasefire arrangement, whatever it might be, um, in order to release hostages. So what can we expect? In other words, what is the what is the value that we might be able to extract from this? Um, and bearing in mind that officially right now, Israel has a list of 136 Israelis who are considered to be hostages in Gaza. Well, the information that has come from the New York Times, which is on the apparently being released by some sort of an uh, Israeli uh, a, a security expert, has said that Israel has actually informed formed 32 families of hostages that their loved ones are no longer alive. And now mm. the, the, the basis upon which 
Israel will inform families will be only if they know 100% according to halachic law that those people are dead. And um, what I'm reading between the lines, and this has not been said anywhere, so this is purely my speculation. Purely my speculation is that Israel may well even have those bodies in its possession already. That's the basis upon uh, which they're saying those people are dead. And interestingly, amongst the names of the 32 who've been confirmed dead are Oron Shaul and Hadar Goldin. And they are two IDF soldiers who were killed in 2014 and who we've all along assumed are no longer alive and their families were already told many, many years ago that they're no longer alive and their families have campaigned um, tirelessly for their bodies to be returned to Israel. Now they are on the list of families who have now been told that their loved ones are no longer alive. I'm speculating that we've retrieved those bodies from Gaza at some point. The general public hasn't been told about that, hasn't been informed about this particular mm, fact. Mm. You may recall that I did refer to uh, uh, an incident where a cemetery was dug up and many bodies were brought to Israel for testing. Many of those bodies were returned back to Gaza. Nothing more was said. But I just wonder whether those 32 people um, have not their bodies have not already been found and returned back to Israel, including Hadar Goldin and Oron Shaul. Um, what this article went on to say is that in addition to the 32 who people have already, who families have already been told are definitely dead, the authorities believe and fear that a further 20 of the 136 hostages are also no longer alive. And I read that to mean we have some sort of evidence uh, photographic evidence or uh, witness accounts of those people being no longer alive, but we don't actually have their bodies in our possession, so we can't say 100% for sure that they're dead. So if one adds those numbers together, it brings us to 52 out of 136 hostages who we believe are not alive, reading, leaving, of course, another 84, which is a very significant number and would certainly be worth entering into a ceasefire in order to retrieve even some of those people alive from Gaza. But the point I'm making is that the, uh, the, the uh, price that we need to pay for any ceasefire and release of hostages release of prisoners in the process um, is becoming less and less attractive because the number of hostages that we believe we can retrieve from Gaza is going down over time as we learn more information and get more intelligence. And I'm guessing extract more evidence from Gaza about exactly what's happening. Now, I just want to reiterate to listeners that this is a lot about my speculation and we don't have firm information to mm, believe what mm. I've just told you. Um, but this is just my interpretation of the situation based upon reading between the lines of the various articles um, that have been written, including that of the New York Times and some of the other Israeli press that have written about this. It's been very, very cautiously worded in the way that it's presented in the Israeli press. And so I'm also reading between how the, between the lines about the, the very, very cautious way in which this has been presented.
Yeah, there's no doubt that it's it's just a matter of trying to figure out what is really what is really going on. Of course, it is worth noting that Hamas has vowed to continue, irrespective in terms of what they per- per- perpetrated on October the seventh, and they will do it again and again and again. So a ceasefire. Yeah, absolutely. They might be using the word permanent ceasefire, but we know that that is absolutely not the truth. It is really just what they really mean is Israel needs to leave Gaza so that they can rebuild, rearm, and do it all again. I don't think there should be any That's illusion true. as to anything different. Well, I mean, it goes even further than that because in Arabic, the term hudna is used right. as a ceasefire. And if you look at the true meaning, the underlying meaning of the word hudna, it's really all about rebuilding and rearming and restocking and getting ready for the next round. That is what the true meaning of a hudna is. We have chosen in the past to look at the ceasefire aspect of the term hudna, but that's not where it ends. It actually continues to say it's a pause in order to regather arms and ammunition and to 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 re-strengthen ourselves in order effectively to continue. Yeah, it's exactly what that is about. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has arrived in Israel for meetings today. So what's the agenda this time? How many times has he been there? Is he making Aliyah? His fifth visit. <laughs> well, I think this is his fifth visit to um, the region, <clears throat> excuse me, since the outbreak of the war um, over the last four months. Um, and he could be entitled to make Aliyah because, of course, um, he um, is entitled to Aliyah under the law of return, uh, Tony Blinken. Um, but oh. um, I suspect that he's very much um, uh, on the American side of the fence where, where this is concerned. And it's interesting that his agenda today has a slight little change from the agendas that he's followed when he's been in Israel previously. Today, he will meet at 11.15 with Prime Minister Netanyahu. And after that, at 12.15, he will meet in a private session with Israeli, the, the IDF Chief of General Staff, Herzliya Levy. That was a special request that he put in to the Prime Minister. Initially, the Prime Minister was not inclined to agree to allow him to meet privately with the Chief of General Staff, but that's ultimately been agreed. And it seems as if, though, that will take the place of what has normally been up until now, a meeting with Israeli War Cabinet. So instead of meeting with the War Cabinet at 12.15 today, um, Tony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, will meet with uh, Herzi Halevi, and their meeting is slated to last for just over an hour because at 1.30 um, he is due to meet with uh, Defence Minister Joachim Gallant also separately. And then at 3 o'clock he will have a meeting with President Herzog. Now, it seems like there are two main items on this agenda for the meetings today. First of all, the hostage negotiations is really top of the agenda and exactly what Israel is willing and not willing to do in terms of hostage negotiations. And the message, I believe, that the prime minister will be sending to the U.S. authorities is that there will be no stop to this war. We will be willing to have a temporary break uh, in order to allow the hostage exchange to take place. But IDF troops will not be removed from Gaza and we will not agree to end the war without uh, the right to continue once this period, whatever it is, the exchanges have been completed. I think that that's the first item on the agenda. Interestingly, 
the U.S. Secretary of State arrived here from Saudi Arabia, where he met with um, the uh, Saudi ruler, or um, uh, he's uh, effectively the ruler, even though he's not quite the king. He's the crown prince, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Um, and um, apparently there is a strong discussions about uh, Israeli-Saudi agreement, mm. peace agreement. Mm. And when it might be appropriate to enter into that, the Saudis seem to soften their position every time we hear something more about this. Now they are willing to potentially enter into a peace arrangement with Israel without the Palestinian state issue being finally resolved. The Saudis were at pains to point out in the press this morning that that does not mean that they will enter into a peace agreement with Israel before the end of this war or before some sort of a ceasefire is agreed. But there's clearly a lot of discussion within Saudi Arabia, and of course, um, the Americans are brokering that. I mean, in addition to that, I'm sure that there will be a lot of discussion about the day after, what happens after the war, and how Gaza uh, will be ruled when the war is finally over. There are no simple answers to that particular discussion, but of course, it's one that we will have, and I'd be interested to hear if the listeners have a view about what happens to Gaza once this is all done, and that is, of course, uh, a topic for another day. It is 8 o'clock. Anthony Rock, thank you as always. We'll catch Anthony tomorrow morning at 7.45 for the Israel Report. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohn from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.